but um, I would like to keep that image in your mind of our pop-up pageant, and I want you to keep that image of the chaos and the live action version as we read our text for today. This scripture reading comes from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 24. Listen for a word from God. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to divorce her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, took her as his wife. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, thank you for your word. I pray that you would open our ears and our eyes and our hearts and our minds. Show us new things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, I see Mr. Jerry Johnson. I'd like to invite you forward, Jerry. Come on up. Jerry is our amazing building engineer, and he's phenomenal. Yep. Uh, if you ever need to know where anything is in this church or how to work something or how to do anything or open any door, Jerry is the guy. Um, we want to give special thanks. But also I wanted to let you know, we, there was a delivery from a Santa Claus that was for you. And it's not from me. It's not from us at the church. This is legitimately a Santa gift uh, for you that we wanted to share with you. And whoever it is from must know you because I see both coffee and lion's gear in there, which describes Jerry to a T. And so Merry Christmas to Jerry um, from Santa Claus. And thank you for all that you do for all of us. We're grateful. <laughs> We're grateful. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> Lions. So, nativity sets are everywhere this time of year, and they can look very unique and different. Some of them are made out of wood. Some of them are made from beautiful, breakable porcelain. I've seen some fabric sets. I have seen a Disney character nativity set. I even saw a uh, nativity scene one time made completely of marshmallows. 
There are all kinds of nativity scenes, and maybe some of you even collect some at home. But they're so interesting because they give us this snapshot picture of the story of Jesus. The story of Jesus being born, the shepherds visiting, the wise ones, the camels, the donkeys, the angels, the star, all of the pieces together. When I was pastoring my church in Montana, there was this beautiful, big porcelain nativity set. I have a piece here that's kind of like that, but the set in Montana, they were pretty big. They were like this big and just beautiful, intricately painted, gorgeous pieces. And one evening I was setting up the nativity scene, getting ready for youth group, and my idea was that the youth group kids would um, gather around and we would talk about the story while we looked at the nativity scene together. But as I was unpacking the box, I dropped a wise man. And his hand and the frankincense he was holding shot across the room, broke completely off. I started to sweat a little bit and panic and realize, I don't know how valuable or important this set is. I don't know if this was donated by somebody's Aunt Muriel decades and decades ago, and I'm going to get in trouble for this. I kind of freaked out. So I ran across the room, I picked up the hand, got some super glue, and attached it back on, put it up on the shelf to dry. And then I decided, we're not going to do youth group in here, never mind. And I set up the rest of the nativity scene on the table sort of far away. I moved youth group to the other room, and I just thought, oh, I don't, I don't want any other kids or teenagers to accidentally uh, make what I've done even worse. There are many, many nativity scenes that are beautiful and intricate and a little fragile. They're kind of exquisite and often they're not made to be played with. There are some designed for children in particular, but for the most part, nativity sets are made to be looked at and not touched. They're arranged just right with the characters in certain places, and then they are left alone. They kind of become off limits. The moment that nativity scenes capture is important. It's powerful, but often it's presented in a way that's just a little too perfect. It's like the filtered Instagram version of what actually happened. And if you notice most nativity sets, you'll see that everybody looks clean and happy. Everybody looks color-coordinated, like the shepherds called the wise ones and were like, hey, what color palette should we use for this scene? There's no animal poop in the stable. Everyone is posed with the perfect, reverent posture. And the newborn always has his eyes wide open and is not crying. Sometimes I wonder if the beautiful, off-limit nativity scenes also limit our imagination about the real-life, world-changing events portrayed in them. 
As Christians, we say that the significance of Christmas is that God entered into the real world to be with real people as a human being in the messy, confusing, loud, uncoordinated world that we know. Not just the perfect Christmas card version of the world, but into life as it really is, life with wars and mental illness and injustice and starvation and division. As perfect and peaceful and clean as the nativity characters seem here, they were really carrying fear and scandal and self-consciousness even in that moment. The text that we read today gives us a little bit of Joseph's background story. When there was doubt about how Mary became pregnant, Joseph was ready to divorce from her, to separate and to walk the other way. He felt the religious and the cultural pressures weighing down on him. And it wasn't until God intervened through an angel that Joseph decided he was willing to take the more difficult, brave path. In this scene, I imagine that he's likely wondering how to parent this child, how to support Mary in this calling given to her by God, how to deal with the rumors about their family. And not long after this moment, Joseph and his family have to flee to Egypt to escape political nightmare. A jealous king who wants to kill all of the baby boys because there's a rumor that a new ruler has been born. Mary, in this scene, her life has been completely disrupted. She's had doubts and criticism and judgment related to her pregnancy, and here she is after having gone through the real physical, mental, emotional, spiritual experience of labor, wondering how to be a mother, how to parent a child that is already extraordinary. The wise ones we know came from far away, from a tradition that was far outside of Judaism. And here they are probably wondering if this promise applies to them. Maybe also wondering if this new king will rule over them someday or become more powerful than them. And the shepherds, the lowliest in the region, I can imagine wondering if they fit into this scene at all, wondering why they have been chosen to be carriers of the message. In this moment that we're used to seeing as perfect and posed, it's actually a lot of feelings that are raw, emotional, messy, and revolutionary. There was rejoicing, but I can almost guarantee there was also fear, sweat, blood, questions, and crying. Christmas is a miracle because we say that God breaks into real life with real people. God isn't looking for us to be perfect or porcelain, but God meets us where we really are. God journeying with us even in those things is what true nativity actually is, true beginning, true origin of love. I love doing a pop-up pageant like we did today because it really brings out the joy and the chaos of the story. 
I've been a part of many churches that have wonderfully rehearsed Christmas pageants as well, and those are lovely and fun and adorable and can still be very unpredictable. But there is something so special to me when no one knows what's going on and when nobody really knows what to expect that I find more relatable and more like what the nativity moment actually was like. This Christmas season, if you have a nativity set at home, I invite you to take it off of your shelf, literally. Remember that God's incarnation is not meant to stay pristine and out of reach. It's meant to enter into the messiness of our actual lives. Whether you have kids or grandkids at home or not, I invite you to take your nativity scene down, and if it has parts that can move, move them around, play with it, make different scenes. Maybe even take one of the characters with you in your pocket or your bag every day between now and Christmas and think about what nativity might have been like for that person. The nativity is perfect not because one posed moment was immaculate, but because it was real and because God was there. The day after I uh, broke the wise man's hand in Montana, I did confess to a couple of church board members and, and some of the staff, and they laughed. It wasn't anybody's, anybody Aunt Muriel, you know, memorial gift. It was okay. Um, but we kept the scene up through, through Christmas that year, and I chuckled every time I walked by and saw the wise man's hand and the bubbles of glue that were around it as slightly askew. But it was this great remind it, reminder that's reassuring that God has come into an imperfect world to really be with us as we are. Would you pray with me? God of Joseph, of shepherds, of Mary, of wise ones, God of the animals, and God of us. Thank you for your nativity of love. Let it be real for us and not just something we put on the shelf. In Jesus' name, amen.